Welcome to Digital Hospitality. I am your host, Sean Walchef. This is a Cali BBQ Media production. We are coming to you live from the Restaurant Transformation Tour at the Wiltern Theater in Hollywood, presented by Restaurant 365. They have put together this incredible group. It's a sold out event. 400 hospitality professionals. As you know, the ongoing thesis of our show is that every business needs to be digital first and every business needs to be in the hospitality business. Today we have a very special guest coming from the main stage, Salem Najir, the CEO of Serve Hospitality. Salem, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Yep. So one of the most important things we teach anybody that's listening, how important it is as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, to have an elevator pitch. Who are you and what do you do? So give me 60 seconds, sell who you are and what you do um, to, our, to our audience. So I am a financial-minded visionary that is hyper-focused on adding value in my organization and any other organization that I put my hands on. And what do you guys do? What does so, Serve Hospitality do? Great question. I am a multi-unit franchisee of Tropical Smoothie Cafe looking to bring on other concepts this year. The reason that I am a CEO of Serve Hospitality Group and not Salem Najjar multi-unit Tropical Smoothie Cafe franchisee is because I wanted to build something of value. And I learned long ago that a business can be successful, but it can't be valuable unless you really build processes, procedures, and a company around it. So what I wanted to do was really build a hospitality group that is a brand within a brand where, you know, behind the franchise that we're operating every day, we are building a strong company where people can grow within the organization, people can expand um, laterally and find different roles as they grow in their career. So we talk about story a lot on this show, and one of the things that obviously you bought into was the Tropical Smoothie story. Mm-hmm. Bring us back to that moment. What was the Tropical Smoothie story? What, what, what compelled you to go, this is the franchise that we're going to, to launch that's going to get me to, now you have 16 units, and I'm guessing you have more that you're going to build out. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so it's a great question. Back in 2015, I was doing accounting, consulting, um, bookkeeping. So I'm a CPA and I was, I was doing that for a lot of small one, two unit operators and different franchises. Could have been Sonic, Domino's, different concepts. And I really liked the franchise world and I knew that I wanted to get my hands in it. And so I started looking through different concepts and FDDs and trying to get my hands around the franchise options that exist and find the one that I felt best fit for me. And as I embarked on that journey of looking for the right fit for me, I was kind of thinking about it in terms of three prongs. One, I wanted the right leadership behind the company. So I wanted to make sure that the franchise that I invested in had a good vision, had a good leadership team behind it. Two, I wanted to make sure that the unit economics were there, the profitability, being a CPA and accountant, I obviously wanted to make sure that that piece was there. And then third, I wanted to make sure that I personally believed in the product as a consumer. So I didn't want to do anything that I couldn't see myself supporting the business as a consumer or taking my kids or my family there, whatever. So I went through and looked at a bunch of different um, franchises. At the time, uh, I had gone through several before stumbling upon Tropical Smoothie Cafe. And I found them right around a time when they were close to 300 units nationwide and only about 30 units in Michigan. And I heard that the CEO and COO were coming into town to do a new store opening event. And I went 
I visited the, the concept, tried it out, met with the leadership team, fell in love with all those other components that checked the box for me, and I decided that this was the right fit for me. So I signed on immediately to be a multi-unit operator. At the time, I think it was six units that I had signed on for. That was back in 2015, 2016. And then it spin-wheeled from there into just growing and snowballing into larger and larger organization where I keep acquiring territory as a way to expand and grow my team. Do you remember the first store that you opened? I do, yeah. So it was a milestone, uh, not only for me as an individual owning and operating a, a franchise for the first time, but it was a milestone opening for the company. It was actually location number 500. So Amazing. there was a, a big uh, event around it, a lot of PR. So it was exciting. It was uh, my first taste of really getting into the franchise world and operating a business, and it had a lot of good PR and excitement that came around with it and only hyped me up more. So, so once you started getting your hands dirty, so to speak, mm -hmm. um, in the business, and then you realized you have this commitment for six stores, what, what, what excited you about that process? Yeah, so I'm very high strung. I, th I think I like paranoia. <laughs> I think I like stress, right? And I think that's what keeps me um, operating better and better. So I, I was running into a lot of problems even with the first like one unit, two units, three units, and I was just very hungry for scaling and doing, running the business like a true larger company. So when I set out to do this, I really wanted to bring all my education and all my knowledge and my CPA background into it to have really good unit economics for my profile, my portfolio, and do it in a way where I could see it um, almost running itself. And so, Part of the vision expanded from this being a six-unit side business that you know will generate some income for me individually as a person, and I can go on to do any other thing that I want to do. It turned into something where I decided you can't really have a side hustle if you want something to be successful. You got to dive in, commit to it, and really put all your time and energy into it. So I decided that I wanted to scale it, and with scale comes a lot of great challenges, but a lot of great reward. You know, when you have economies of scale and you have more layers in your organization, not only is it rewarding that you now have district managers or vice presidents of development or HR managers or marketing managers, right? But you, you see how that translates into you creating jobs, creating careers, building something better that can then translate into a better work life for everybody in your organization. And so I really got hyped up about, about that where I was creating something of value that was benefiting both me and my team. Super exciting for me when you start to meet people like you that are doing the work, that are actually impacting the communities. You know, you're, you have this vision for Tropical Smoothies and now you're not only making an imprint, but you've built this Serve Hospitality Group and you realize that this vision that you had at one point is actually much bigger. You know, we teach the people that listen to the show, the people that listen to the podcast, watch the show, to, to dream big. You know, when I think back of when I started my restaurant career in 2008, it was not the best time to open up a restaurant. I didn't pick the best location. We were a breakfast concept that added a sports bar that eventually became a barbecue media company where now we're here at the Restaurant 365 Transformation Tour conducting interviews with some of the most important hospitality thought leaders in the business. And for me, it's very exciting, but it's hard for me to go back to 
you know, what is that next vision? You know, where are we now and where are we going? When you think about what you're trying to build, what what are you looking at 10 years, 15 years into the future? Yeah, I love that. I love everything that you just said because, you know, really resonates with, I, I was thinking about how when I think about what it is that I do or what I try to encourage other people to do is if you're going to do something, do it right. You yeah. know, really, you know, don't do something cookie cutter or just try to find a way to throw something together. You know, if you want to be a breakfast burrito place, really dive in, figure out what's going to make you unique, focus on that. Don't focus on a bunch of other things that, you know, might, you know, increase revenues or whatever. I tried to do the same thing when I was in the accounting business and it worked really well. I mean, I built my own book of business before I eventually uh, unleashed it. And what I really wanted to focus on when I did that was giving people really detailed transparency into their numbers so that they could make improvements in their business. And not a lot of bookkeepers or accountants at the time were doing that. They were just doing your standard, you know, who's the best price or, you know, what, what's the easiest way to get my financials or file my sales taxes. So I always try to think about, you know, if you're going to do something, try to really be the best at it, try to really dive in. And so what my group is trying to do and what, what the vision that I've set for my company is, is to just not limit ourselves in terms of our, our growth, what we can be, what we can do. And I don't even limit that just to tropical smoothie. I, I want to be one of the best, if not the best, tropical smoothie operators. I want to be a really strong franchisee in general, but I also just want to be a really dynamic business person that when I decide that I see something that I like, I implement it and I implement it all the way in, in a way that's really big. So I don't have limitations. I, I look at some of my mentors that own 90 or 100 units in a restaurant business, for instance, and I try to learn from what they do and even implement it at my size. So I dream really big and I set the bar very high for myself and my team. A good example is recently I, I went through the process of building out a app um, for employee engagement and employee rewards for my team. And usually you can't go through the process of doing something like that until you're at a much, much bigger scale. But I said, if I'm gonna eventually get to 50 units, 60 units, 70 units, whatever that number is, I wanna start putting the right things in place now. So I think about things like the right thing to do is put in a, a phantom stock plan for my employees that can vest and, and earn as the company performs, right? The right thing to do is reward employees for their engagement. The right thing to do is to, you know, find a way to grow our unit economics, not to just pocket more money for myself, right? But to give our people better work-life balance, better career, better value. So all these things play into like setting the right vision and like really investing in it. And that's why I stay hungry and excited for that growth and it allows me to spin wheel. And so you just gotta be prepared for the opportunities will come, right? Doors will open. You just got to be ready to step through them. I love that. We, my my grandfather, he's the Bulgarian mamba in my life. I never met my father. My grandfather raised me. I was very fortunate to be raised in privilege, uh, but he also made me work when I was 12 and 13 years old, bussing tables and washing dishes, the restaurant that I now own. But for me, he had this relentless curiosity. It was always, how can I be better every single day? And I remember up until, you know, the final years of his life, he passed away when he was 88 years old, actually the year that we opened up our restaurant. And what I remember now looking back at what he taught me were things that I do every day. And it's the constantly asking questions, the constantly surrounding myself with people that are smarter than me, constantly doing things to improve my business, improve the people around me, improve my leadership. Who, who did that for you? Because I can see this energy that you have, that you come 
ready, eager, and willing, the consistent, persistent pursuit to be the best you, and knowing that if you're the best you, that's gonna filter out to the rest of your organization. Yeah, I love that. Definitely a lot of similarities between our childhoods. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm Middle Eastern and my dad kind of came to this country with absolutely nothing, started in the liquor store, gas station business, built his way up from you know working in convenience stores to then owning his, his own stores. And from as long as I can remember, I always, I think I was just born with this passion to like get involved with him. I wanted to be with my dad, I wanted to help him. There was never any pressure from him to like make me work, I think I was, I don't think he gave me, I don't think he needed to do that to me because I was just, I wanted to be with him more and learn from him more. So probably before I got to uh, a good age for him to even ask me to participate, I was like maybe eight years old, nine years old, asking to start going with him to the stores. And it might've been uh, subconsciously just a way of me wanting to spend more time with my dad, but it yeah. quickly spin wheeled into me learning really great work ethic. And I always just wanted to do more and improve the business and work hard and so, I mean, there's pictures of me when I'm 11 years old standing <laughs> on a milk crate, ringing up customers on the lottery machine. I just, yep. so I, it's just always been in me. And so that work ethic has kind of always been there. And so what I try to do, piggybacking off of, you know, your comment for learning from smart people and being curious, curiosity is, is a form of paranoia. And I think it's important to stay paranoid, right? You can't grow if you wanna stay the same. You gotta keep changing, you gotta keep learning, and the wise ones are the ones that are willing to admit that they don't know everything and they wanna learn from other people. Smart people just think that they know it all and yep. they're not as eager to share. So I really focus on trying to become more wise every day and learn from people that have done things that you know I've never done or experienced and what can I take out of every situation. One of the coolest things is that we're right now we're living in a time where there's so much technology literally at our fingertips mm -hmm. as hospitality professionals, as people that run restaurants. Uh, we have the ability to not only bring technology into our business, but we have the ability to work with leadership of technology companies. We're here at the Restaurant 365 event. This is a transformation tour. They have partners from literally all parts of the United States that have flown in for this event. Um, how did you feel when they reached out to you and said, hey, we want you to be a part of this? Yeah, it was exciting, um, flattering. I, I'm glad that you know I was able to see value in the Restaurant 365 solution and it's helped my organization. I was happy to participate in a case study with them and come out here and speak at the event and talk about some of the ways that I've benefited from the system. So I think that's really important. And touching on what you said about you know technology, our, our CEO of Tropical Smoothie always talks about um, hospitality, where, where he crossbreeds hospitality and technology. Yeah. And so technology is, is becoming part of our daily life in everything that we do, personal, business, all of it. But what we always have to remember is, is that um, nothing is going to replace the human touch, the personality, if you really want to be successful. Yeah. So even to my example earlier about you know an employee engagement app, you can roll out the best employee engagement app and give Apple Watches or whatever else to people that show up to work every day on time or whatever, but if you're not treating your employees with care, if you're not treating your customers with care, if you're not talking to them and engaging with them and giving them that human connection, that that can't be replaced by technology. So that's always gotta be there and the, and the technology is kind of the, the secondary component. And I see that a lot even with this, this transformation tour. I mean, it's awesome when you have technologies like Restaurant 365 
that can streamline your accounting process or your payroll process or your AP process or whatever it is, right? But you still gotta have the knowledge, the background, the understanding to be able to dive in, use that data or that knowledge and those quantitative pieces of information to then make effective changes in your business. I mean, I think it says a lot for the product that Restaurant 365 is putting out of someone like you that has a CPA background. It wants to bring that into, not only bring it into your organization, but what we tell people that listen to the show, no matter what business you're in, but especially if you're in the restaurant business, there's never been a more important time to be vocal with your partners. So when you're vocal with your partners, when you're willing to be a case study, when you lean on the engineers, when you lean on the people developing the products, you work with the CEOs, you lurk, work with your local sales rep. I mean, the strongest companies that we have to this day, their salespeople are an extension of the CEO. Mm -hmm. Their salespeople are willing to run through a wall. They're not there to sell you, oh, we've got this new product. They're there to listen to Sean. They're there to listen to you. They come in and they go, what can I do for you? What are your pain points? And it might not even be something that they sell, but the more vocal that we are as business owners and the more that we also listen, because th this is a two-way street. And there's never been a time where it doesn't matter how big your organization is. You can be a single unit, you can be 16 units, you can be 100 units. All of us have a voice. And the more that we use that voice, the more that we can get things done because literally any restaurant on this globe that uses the internet, which is every restaurant, we're talking all about the same thing. Mm -hmm. So this is a great race and we're, as far as we are, we're only in the beginning. So I think it's something that it's very important that people that listen to this show start to realize that no matter who you have that you're paying, they're a partner and start to develop a deeper relationship because you never know, you might come on stage like you are. Yep. What kind of advice would you give to the next generation, somebody that's listening to this show that's about to open up a business or wants to get into the restaurant business? What kind of advice would you give them? I'd, I'd like to say to any younger generation looking to get into business or otherwise is to just you know continue to focus on you know doing things the right way, morality, you know, really finding ways to, to learn from others. I think that that's so important and it's it's fading more and more with, with future generations and it needs to come back because your way of thinking with, you know, whether it's a mentorship sharing advice, whether it's a, a company executive thinking the way that you mentioned about how everyone in the organization is important, right? That's the right thing to do. That's the right way to think. And I think that that morality is, is so important um, for younger generations to, to appreciate more, right? And so when you do things the right way, um, you know, call it karma, spirituality, religion, whatever it is, it, it, it doors just start opening, you know? And I think that that, that really transcends. I, I read a great book one time called The Question Behind the Question. And in that book, there was an example about how a uh, waiter at a restaurant or a diner, I think it was, uh, was asked by a customer for Coke and they were out of Coke at the time. So he, the waiter ran across the street to the convenience store, bought a <laughs> Coke, came back and gave it to the guy. And this was a true story and he ended up going on to be uh, picked up by some major organization and went amazing. on to you know, do, do amazing things with his life, obviously. And so that kind of going above and beyond, thinking of ways to, to not be lazy, to do more, to, to maximize your full potential and think about, you know, this is the right thing to do will really help open a lot of doors. And it, it almost seems like magic, you know? Yeah. And that's kind of how things have spin wheeled for me. Um, I can't pinpoint, 
any of my success or, or future success to one specific thing that I've done. I just try to really keep learning, growing, doing things the right way and doors just keep opening. Yeah, it's for, for us we say stay curious, get involved, ask for help. You know, these are three principles that we talk about every show and that's because curiosity, you have to have that relentless curiosity. You have to be willing to learn, you have to be willing to ask questions, but then you actually have to do something with that. Mm -hmm. You know, you actually have to put implement that curiosity, implement that knowledge into something, into your personal life, into your business life, but then you also have to ask for help. You know, having the humility to know that we don't know what we don't know and that there's incredible resources all around us. We have technology that can break down doors. Every single week we do on Wednesday and Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific time, uh, we do Clubhouse Call and we have leaders from all over the globe. We'd love to have you join us when your episode comes out. Um, that way people can ask you questions, um, can learn more directly from you. That way we can have this interaction. We call it deep social. It's one thing to passively listen to a podcast. It's one thing to watch something on YouTube. It's another thing to get on stage because we will bring you on stage on Clubhouse. We will allow you to ask questions. We will put you on the hot seat. It won't just be me asking questions. The entire panel and we've got incredible hospitality leaders. But for me, the last thing I'd like to ask you is, is what's next? What's next? Yeah, so. Because we're gonna look at this. The beautiful thing about internet content, and this is why we tell everyone to share their story no matter where you are in your journey. Document what you're doing. Be the show, not the commercial. The problem is everyone wants to create a commercial about your business. It's a show. We're documenting where we are in the journey. And at some point, you'll show this to your kids, your grandkids, and we can go, this is when you had 16 stores. Mm -hmm. And this was his answer when he asked, what's he building next? Yeah, yeah, I love it. Um, there, what's next for us in, in, in the, I guess, short term, uh, you know, three to five years is continue to build out tropical smoothie units, continue to really focus on trying to make our organization stellar from, from every aspect, you know, relentlessly focusing in on our core values, relentlessly focusing in on making our HR department better, our employee retention, our culture, caring about our customers, caring about our employees, driving unit economics to make all those things work right. But there is no finish line. And I, I say that you know very intentionally, and it's not because I have this you know unquenchable greed for <laughs> money or anything like that. It's that I, don't get satisfied from being the same. I, I can't be stale, I gotta keep growing and building. And so whether it spin wheels into something totally different later, other concepts, other brands, whether it turns, whether I, I shift my company focus into something that's more you know, product innovation, finding ways to give back more to the community, finding ways to get involved more in, in the form of mentorship or, or other wise for young entrepreneurs, I think that you know the sky's the limit. And so I like to just keep going through life with this mentality of I don't need to have it all figured out right now. Yeah. The, the doors are gonna open, I just have to be ready to step through them. And so for me, I'm gonna continue to do what I'm doing with this hospitality group and continue to focus on doing everything the right way, building it the best way that I can possibly build it. And as those doors open up, I'll be prepared to step through them. So are you are you guys hiring? You're recruiting for your team. Yeah, yeah, we're always always, always hiring, always recruiting, and I, I do my best to always help uh, you know mentor. So you know, okay. as as you mentioned on the earlier, when when people, it's one thing to listen to a podcast and be like, oh yeah, that was interesting, but 
there aren't enough people out there that are you know willing to, to support or help and I've mentored dozens of kids that have just called me up and had the humility to say hey can I ask a few questions and you know timing is tough especially yep. in the in the busy world that we're in but you know it's the right thing to do so I always do my best to try to make time for people or answer a question over email if I can't spend a lot of time with somebody on a phone and you know do what I can do to give back you heard it here we're gonna put a links for his contact info into the show notes um, it's one of the most important things. If you go to any class, any professor, any speaker, they always say, come up and ask me a question afterwards. And, mm -hmm. you know, I remember my grandfather when I was, you know, in college and we were traveling in Europe and then we would go to some incredible monument and he would always be the first one on the bus. He would always be the one next to the tour guide. He was always the one asking the question. And like when I was a younger kid, I was immature and I didn't understand why he was doing that. But if somebody's there and they're willing to ask for help and you're inspired by that knowledge, reach out and do that, make that action. Thank you so much for your leadership. Thank you for your time. Um, if you're ever in San Diego, please come get some barbecue with us. I appreciate uh, it. We, we would love to have you. Thank you. If you guys want to connect with me, it's at Sean P. Walchef, S-H-A-W-N-P-W-A-L-C-H-E-F. That's on LinkedIn, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, all the fun places. But we appreciate you. We hope to see you on Clubhouse, and we will catch you next week. Thank you, Restaurant 365. Keep putting on incredible events like the Restaurant Transformation Tour.